Kane is in the building. Any movie bites tonight that I need to be? No. Well, you know what this is from. I sure do. Ballers. Ballers. You're absolutely right. All right, everyone. Dave and Jeff, another podcast. Lucky you start off another movie bites. Jeff had no idea that there was no. a movie bite in there. And the thing was, we were doing stuff after the podcast yesterday. Yeah. Oh, that's good. They were doing stuff after the podcast yesterday, and um, I didn't have the volume up. We were watching Ballers, actually, while yeah. I was sitting there uploading the show. So you never heard the show come back, which no, normally I would hear it. if I'm, I'm by myself. But yeah, I, I, there was a clip in there from Step Brothers, which I think is one of the top five funniest movies oh of God. all time. Oh, my God. Movie's unbelievable. The movie is unbelievable. Anyway, in, in case you don't know what we're talking about, someone wrote to me on Twitter and said, "Hey, guys, well, to I, both of us." I didn't well, know. Well, oh, well, you're right. It was, it was to both of us. But Jeff had no idea what the hell was going on at all. I at least knew how the show started because I, my son told me, he "Goes, you made a mistake." He goes, "You edited terribly." And I said, "What do you mean I edited terribly?" And he said, "You played the thing from Step Brothers." I said, "Shit!" I go, "I meant to play that for Jeff when you first got here yesterday yeah. because I just watched the movie, fucking, and movie. I was pulling the clip because the part that makes me laugh is when Will Ferrell. Hey, don't say that. Don't say that. <laughs> all, all loud, <laughs> and he tells him, "Not so loud. You're gonna wake up my dad. I'm gonna get grounded." <laughs> but a- anyway, the the word retard was used, oh, and it's sh- a word you and I say every word in the book, but we don't say that word. Yeah. And a couple of reasons. One is my wife works with with kids who are in a serious situation on a yeah. daily basis in the school district. It's a word that doesn't fly in my house. She wouldn't be okay with it. Also, I have a, I have a friend of mine that I grew up with, and she had had a child that had Down Down syndrome, and she's probably about twelve years old now. And she asked me on Facebook, not just me, but every one of her friends, "Hey, we please take this word out of your vocabulary." I said, yeah. Without a doubt, I'm going to take this out of out of my vocabulary. So when well, it, you let her down. Yeah, well, I let her down, and and obviously I offended somebody, and I appreciate. Uh, it was Eric, correct, who who accepted an apology and said, "Hey, you know, I, I know, I love the show, and wasn't on purpose. Wasn't like you and I said it, but yeah, it got across our podcast, which is something, obviously, wasn't uh, malicious on purpose." Quit shaking your head at me. You doing the? This is what the move that I'm waiting for you to do. That Look, I was doing to kids when they're making air. I just put my finger near my eyeball, and just yeah. run it down my cheek. But Eric, yeah. Eric understood. The thing is, we gotta stop being so fucking sensitive in the world. Okay, uh, that's it. And Eric, Eric's fine. This is not directed at him. I got it. David, I didn't say it. It's a clip from a movie. Okay, so if you're heated, I didn't see you fucking send a tweet to John C. Riley. Did you? You know why? Because John C. Riley drive right over to your house and beat the shit out of you. So you figure, hey, here's a couple of guys who just two weeks ago raised $14,000 for charity, but let me knee them in the balls. There you go, John C. Riley. I didn't see a tweet, John C. Riley. Hey, it comes after us. John okay, C- sorry, that, sorry that everybody in your house is perfect. Sorry. I guess you mu- it must be nice or challenging when you go into Office Depot and say, let me have the pencils with no erasers. Because we're fucking perfect around here. <laughs> Eric was, and Eric knows I'm fucking with him. Because he was just like, he goes, hey, I'm just letting you know. It was, hey, we heard it. <laughs> we were here. I didn't hear it live. I was like, what the? What what's he talking about? Yeah, what's he talking about? And then I went back and listened to it, and I laughed the entire scene. I'm going to hide it. I laughed the entire scene. That's how people talk. Okay. Nobody did anything. There were no... Here's the funny thing about that clip. At no time were any baby seals clubbed to death. No, they were not. Right? There were no abortions performed during that scene. Nobody built a wall. 
Nobody tip less than 15%. Calm the fuck down. Jesus Christ. Don't go through your life so angry. A lot of good shit probably going on in your life. Okay? A lot of good shit going on. And if you got a problem, like I said, I'm sure you can find fucking John C. Riley's agent. Come into this fucking dojo, baby. Don't you come rolling in here. We wear the gi around here. We wear the gi. You walk in office depot and ask for the pencil, no eraser. Well, apparently, yes. nobody's ever made a fucking mistake. It's like it's impossible to laugh anymore. You're it's my- impossible. Nothing. Oh, I'm so offended. I'm so offended. Give me a break. Calm down. You remind me of uh, Earl Bruce when he got fired yeah. at Colorado State. Go listen to fucking, uh, go listen to Mark and Rich. That might be more your speed. If that, if that hurt your feelings. Earl Bruce, who just passed away a couple months ago when he dropped the line at the press conference, wherever mm-hmm. he didn't think this was offensive. I'm not claiming to be perfect. The last guy to do that ended up on a cross. And yeah. then he looks around the room like, does anyone relate? And everyone in the it? room's like, you just get it the fuck out the door already, Earl. My buddy, uh, Kirk Geiger, who I grew up with, really funny actor. We've talked about him in the past. He was on One Life to Live, and he's in a movie called Sorted Lives, which is goddamn hysterical. Great movie. There's a line in there where a guy's, you know, just spouting off, and his buddy tells him, hey, why don't you come on down off the cross? We need the wood. It's so fucking funny. I just calm down. Shit said every day that's offensive. We, I, we offend Dave every day. And I'm not, I'm not directing it. Understand one thing, especially if it's Eric. I'm not directing this at him. He said, hey, I'm just making you aware of it. I dig the show. Yeah. All right. Very successful movie. And when that movie was out, um, I don't remember having trouble driving by Fashion Valley because of all the people that were out front protesting, (laughs) right? Shit said all the time. You know, today, I'll tell you, I mean, I I didn't see Eric run into my defense when I made mention of the fact I came in here last night and took the last piece of gum. Yeah. And I said, tonight, I'm feeling like I'm going to go in there tonight and I might drink the last beer. And somebody wrote, you're a gangster. Now, that's, that's, that's questioning my character. Yes. And I didn't see anybody come to my defense there. Yeah. I, I was accused of being a gangster because I stole the last piece of gum and I said, I'm going to walk in and drink the last beer. And nobody says, hey, it's hot. You're parched. You had a long day. Maybe you're in that beer. I'm immediately labeled a gangster. But where is anybody to say, hey... The G word was there. <laughs> the G word was used. Here's the, the most gangster thing you did. You, you took the last piece of gum, but you left the package behind. You fucking Like to make right it look it. like as I'm yeah, looking at it. Yeah, there's going to be gum there. There's going to be a piece of gum in there. Yeah. And then when I'm going to need it, there's not going to be any gum not in there. Not going to be any gum in there. Nothing in there. You couldn't throw it away. You just had no. to leave it like like the no. like the move in, in, in <laughs> with uh, Tommy Boy, where Chris Farley knocks the door off the car and puts it back on as soon as David Spade touches yeah. it. Hey, what did, what did you do? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> That's what you did to me. I did that when we made your wife upset in Dallas. was still maybe the greatest one ever. We had been there, and we've shared this story. We took everybody to Dallas right after 9-11. And we hyped everybody on the fact we were going to go to Dealey Plaza. And we went on the most horseshit bus tour of Dallas. For three hours, we saw everything. And we got to Dealey Plaza. And this terrible uh, tour leader yeah. said, hey, we'll meet back here at the bus in 30 minutes. And I walked by. I go, bullshit. 
Now, we've been promoting this goddamn thing for two weeks. People are going to hang out and see it, yeah. and you guys aren't going anywhere. So we hung out for like an hour, and we came back, and I was walking onto the bus, and I said to her, this is embarrassing. And I said, now I have to deal with all these people who feel like they got bait and switched, and you should be embarrassed that you showed us all these stupid things in Dallas when the only thing we wanted to see was Dealey Plaza. And I said, on Monday, I'm going to email your boss and let him know how disappointed I am. This is terrible. You failed. So uh, I get on the bus, and probably about 30 seconds later, here comes Dave's wife, Rita, who said nothing more to the lady than, boy, I wish we had more time here. And the lady started to cry. Yeah, just started to cry. So Rita comes back and sits down in front of me and says to Dave, oh, my gosh. I just made her cry, to which Dave and I are like, what are you doing? Well, God, what's the problem with you? What'd you do? And she goes, all I said was I wish we had more time. God dang it. It's your temper under control, woman. And I think we let her think, you just watched the color leave Rita's cheeks. Damn it, Rita. Damn it. We need this job. And I think we let her suffer to the flight yeah, home. We do, we do. And we're like, hey, remember that? Yeah, nothing to do with you. David! <laughs> it's great. We're good at that game. We had we had the Flying Casillas brothers on that flight. Oh, my God. Those two guys, what happened to those guys? I was going to ask you the same thing. Because they were, they were the king of the one-liners. Yeah, did you hear about the fire at the circus? <laughs> was Is it? it- <laughs> yes. My my favorite thing was everyone in the lines that they had. What the hell's going what on? The, nobody can hear it. You and I are the only guys. Is that right? It. Yeah. All right. That one was uh, that was Ryan Barkley. That one was not Brett Boone. <laughs> no. was, uh, so I told him we're taping. I know that's what I'm saying. He just called you back because you told him we're taping. Um, but the the, the Flying Casillas brothers had oh, the, shit, these one liners where your kids would have laughed at everyone. I, of them, by I the laughed way. at everyone. But I love those guys. I think, Leo and Tony. I think that one though, the line you just said was like one of the last ones they said because we're on the flight back home, and yeah. you were just like, "Enough! You just you like to talk to shut it, put a cork in it. Enough, enough out of you, Leo Tony. <laughs> I've it. never seen two guys more identical than the Flying yeah. Casillas brothers." Now, I remember they got jammed up because they took a group of sixth graders to D.C. and something happened. All I know with those dudes is we did, oh, man, we had to do four or five trips with those guys. Fuck, they were great. They were the They very were funny. so fucking great. But the trips were a blast. Yeah. And everything was taken care of. Man, I don't know if they're both alive, if they're still around. I love those dudes, man. They were really fun. Those That's throwback to old school KFMB days. Do you remember back in the day when we did this at KFMB, we were the Charger Station, and uh-huh. different shows got to go on different trips. Yeah. So you and I had the Dallas Charger Show, which was great. And then I did Philadelphia later did, in the year. You did Philadelphia. Someone had New England. You know what I mean? It was yeah. uh, they, they People went around. It was one of those where I never understood why 1360 or whoever had the right to the Chargers didn't take advantage of that. I was yeah, thinking as a, as a season ticket holder or an NFL fan to go, you know what? I want to go to Green Bay or I want to go to New England. I, I'm, I'm on one of these trips. KFNB was so far ahead of the curve, much better than 1090's ever been and much better than 1360 will ever be. Um, KFNB with Dave Sniff and Cliff Albert at those days, man, they knew, they knew how to get the fans involved and road trips and they had fan trips and the, the Flying Casillas boys were a lot of it. Padre trips to Hawaii. 
Yeah. Uh, we had a lot of people that went with us to Monterey. I mean, shit. And the trips were always great. Always great. You would land and there'd be a bus waiting for you. There'd always be a welcome reception. Yeah. And I loved it. So we were just kind of move around, shake hands, do whatever. Um, you know, there were some cuckolds in the group, so we'd have to take down the wives. <laughs> That's funny. When you went to Philadelphia, was it the vet or was Wait. it the new one? Was it the link? Yeah, the vet. It was the what vet. What the fuck's the matter with me? <laughs> it was so great. You threw me off. Not too often, do you? You threw yeah, me completely upside down. That one, you got me. All right, that was funny as shit. Uh, Lisa that, Ann would have left. Yeah, she'd like that. <laughs> she'd like that. When she dropped that line on us at breakfast, she, yeah. she said it. And then it's all matter of fact. Me. Yeah, all like matter of fact. And then she winked at me. I was Did dying. You? Yeah, it was great. <laughs> Uh, she was ah, I don't even know what the hell how it came up. She's like ah, goddamn cuckolds, and she yeah. just looks at me, starts laughing, yeah. And winks. Yeah, she threw it out. She threw it out so nonchalant. I've never been in a conversation with a woman like that. That was funny. Uh, that was funny as shit. That was funny when you just did it. What the hell was the movie? Somebody will know the movie. Michael, remember Michael Madsen? Yeah, the actor, and Jennifer Tilly. Jennifer Tilly and Michael Madsen were in a movie. I think it was called True Romance. Okay. I think it may have been the Christian Slater movie. Okay. And Michael Madsen was the guy chasing them around. Okay. Yeah. So Jennifer Tilly is in some motel with her husband, who's this nerdy little guy. Yeah. Michael Madsen's got this long hair and ponytail, and he's all buffed out. He's so much bigger than the other guy. Yeah. Does it say? Are is it looking- the getaway? The getaway. That's exactly what it is. Alec Baldwin and Kim Basinger. So Michael Madsen kind of finds his way in and hits it off with Jennifer Tilly. And they tape up the husband, who's this little nerdy guy, and they put him in the bathroom. So now Michael Madsen starts jacking Jennifer Tilly. And the husband's all upset. He's crying. Michael Madsen goes over and says, hey. Walter, you stop watching in there, you little pervert. <laughs> <laughs> Guy's all crying. Michael Madsen's taking down his wife. Hey, watch it in there, you little pervert. Close the door. Like, who writes stuff like that? But I'm dying laughing. Yeah. Dude, you know what's funny? I, had a, I have a buddy of mine. You, you and I have a mutual friend here. You, yeah. So the mutual friend's always the same guy. But yeah, I know who it is. Okay. I know who he is. And he he says to a to a friend of mine, he goes, your wife is so nice. He goes, she's always a pleasure to, to talk to and see. Yeah. And the guy, without missing a beat, says to him back, that's because you want to fuck her. Ouch. And now, he, now, <laughs> now our buddy is frozen because he's not sure what to say next. Is it yeah. No. Meaning yeah. I don't find her attractive oh, yeah. or he yes. Froze him. Yeah, he completely froze him to the point where we've had this conversation now for seven God years. Damn. And he's like, dude, I don't know what the answer was. And I, I've thought about it. And I go, knowing the guy who said it, I think the answer was, yeah, I want to fuck her. Yeah. I think he not saying got off like, hey, go ahead and bang my wife. But kind of he was in the in the position of it turns me on to know that you think my wife's hot. Jesus Christ. Yeah, but completely threw our mutual friend for a loop where he's like, I don't know what the hell the answer was. Good. <laughs> like you can't even like the problem is too dave you can't even tell jokes anymore i was thinking about movies that were funny like or or weird scenes did you ever see bad lieutenant with harvey Keitel? no that's the one you keep telling me to see 
fucking crazy movie, man. And Harvey Keitel is all jacked up. And he's just doing coke and he's drinking and everything's Bud Tall Boy. And all of a sudden there's this scene where he's, you know, he's just falling apart. And he, like, pulls over two chicks. Yeah. Like, young girls, like, college age. And he keeps threatening that he's going to take them to jail or call their daddy and all this shit. And then he, uh, like, in, like, such a weird scene, he makes the one girl, like, show her ass, and he just jacks off on the side of the car. <laughs> okay? And you're just like, what is going on? So me and my buddy are watching this movie. We're and but they only showed it at the Hillcrest Theater. Okay. It's like this scene is so over the top, and this movie's twenty. It's got to be twenty five years ago, right? We're dying. Well, then, like the next scene takes place in a church, and you're like, Jesus Christ! I'm laughing at a scene in the church. But here's like where you can't you can't say anything anymore because like everything's offensive. So think about what what your mentality was. 25 years ago regarding Hillcrest, right? It yeah. was before Pride became really a cool event, something we should take uh, pride in. And I, I was never I was never a gay basher. No. I, never, I was never a homophobe or anything like that. We worked with, we mentioned it. Yeah, men, well, especially really, in our business. Yeah, really talented people that made me better at what I did. Yeah. But my buddy and I are walking in to the Hillcrest Cinema. So I jokingly say to him, hey, we're two guys walking in. I bet a lot of people think we're together. Yeah. Right? We're together. And so I kind of laugh. <laughs> and I sit down and I realize that in the theater, I'm having a bagel dog and a Calistoga. I go, Jesus Christ, maybe I am gay. <laughs> now Eric's going to email me again tomorrow. Hey, you said the G word. It was any of my, the hundred people, yeah. including my neighbors, Preston and Bob at my old house, if I fucking told them that, they'd fucking die They're laughing. laughing. Yeah. They'd die laughing. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm like, they'd be like, that sounds goddamn good, right? You didn't go in and get Junior Mints and fucking Mr. Pib. I'm like, hey, people think we're together. I'm like, I mean, a fucking bagel. It's like the one bagel dog I've yeah. ever had in my life. I'm drinking a Calistoga. And shit. That. Hey, I just uh, I heard the podcast last night. Oh, calm down. Oh, calm down. You, <laughs> you ever go to the movies though with with a friend when you're when you're like in high school and you're in the movie theater and then you have to make sure that seat is between you. You used to always go, uh, "Hey, there has to be a seat between us," you know. And you go, have, nobody cares. I have my nobody buddy. Give it a my buddy Boom is legendary because he'd get scared at every movie and then he'd get up and he'd have to walk circles in the aisle. <laughs> This fucking asshole would always be the first guy down, and then he's going to sit in the aisle, so we all have to go by him. <laughs> so I just kick him as hard as I could right in the fucking calf walking by. How'd that feel? How'd that feel? Hey! But, uh, yeah, my favorite movie experience yeah. in the theater was with Julie Brownman at Blair Witch Project. Holy shit. When Blair Witch Project came out, Julie and I saw it at... Uh, I think like over in La Jolla, but like where Fridays is, I feel like we saw it over there. Pack theater. I told her going in, I go, I I fucking lose my shit. Man, <laughs> do you did, get? Uh, do you lose your shit, or are you just trying to freak her out? Both. Okay. 
But the theater was crowded. Yeah. God, it was so fucking fun. Did you see that in the theater? No, I didn't see it in the theater. I saw it on cable. No, it doesn't, doesn't relate. Yeah. You have to. Because I don't a, like it on cable. I didn't like no, the movie. Shit. Yeah. It's like seeing Jaws or Exorcist or anything like that. It's not the. When you're watching it, your fucking sugar's next to you. You're yeah. like, well, how scared can I be? You see one of those movies in the theater, and Blair Witch was so goddamn fun, and I was just screaming. <laughs> what are you screaming? screaming? Yeah, now, the same thing like that yeah. is we hosted, I think at KFMB, we hosted a premiere for Rocky Five, And people were into it and cheering and all kinds of shit, right? Yeah. So I said to four of my buddies, I go, fuck, man, this Rocky Five is pretty good. Pretty good shit. We saw it like a week later when we were the only six guys in the theater. Yeah. You could just feel like five sets of eyes on me, just waiting for it to be good. And oh, I'm like, shit. fuck. Got caught up in the moment. Sorry. It's going to be shit. <laughs> my, uh, my, my college roommate and I, we grew up as, as huge Rocky fans. I mean, to the mm-hmm. point we used to, we bought the boxing gloves. We used to fight on the front lawn yeah. like every day. Old no, school. No punching in the face was always the rule. Who no punch Spider Rico? So we didn't go that route, but it was. It, this was a horrible lesson to learn, but it was. We used to have the boxing glove, and it was no punching in the face, no punching below the waist. So it's just you just body shots. Okay. Yeah. First fight I was ever in, I think in fifth grade, this kid did wasted zero time punching me right in the face. Like, oh, yeah, he com- didn't know the rules. He didn't know the rules, and I was completely shocked. And I was wow. I mean, the kid just landed one right in my face. I remember the yeah. guy kissing was Chuck, and yeah. he punched me in the face because when he walked in the classroom, I said, "What's up, Chuck." And he didn't like up Chuck. He didn't and like he, that at all. And he jacked me right in Good. the face. And yeah, Fuck so you. so Rocky Five's coming out. Joey seen, Bishop, yeah, <laughs> fucking jokes. <laughs> we've seen we've seen every one of these fucking movies together. Yeah. And I just started dating Rita at the time. Okay. And he goes, Rocky Five comes out on Friday. We're going. I go, we're going. And I end up canceling on him because I was with Rita. And yeah. He was so pissed at me. He goes to see Rocky Five, comes back, and he goes, Yeah, I went without you. And it was fucking great. It was the best one of the five. You missed it. And then I was like, shit, I missed it. He was so mad, wouldn't talk to me. Then I told Rita, we got to go see this movie. Oh, we shit. Go see it. It's garbage. Terrible. Yeah. And I said, dude, the movie was shit. He goes, I know it was shit, but you yeah. think I'm going to be the only one that pays seven bucks? Yeah, object. <laughs> he goes, you're going to go fucking see it, you asshole, by yourself. And it was it was absolutely terrible. But he did like you. He pulled the move that it was a good movie. And then you're sitting there looking. I'm like, does this guy have any taste in movies at all? It was terrible. Uh, I'm going to give a life lesson for all the parents out there. This is great. It's for how your kids can deal with bullies and not get in trouble. Because Dave just talked about calling a nice kid up, Chuck, and Chuck took care of business and cleaned out the dojo. But here's how you do it. If you have anybody that's picking on either your yeah. son or daughter, right? What Chuck did there was the wrong thing. Because if you hit somebody in the face, it, there's going to be a mark left. You're going you're gonna to either make a cut or a bruise or something else. So here's a simple life lesson for your kids. Tell your kids, and, and by the way, the other kid will never see it coming, and it will cure the problem. If, if a kid is giving your son or daughter a problem and is being a bully, tell your kid to make a fist as hard as they can and feel, come above, um, take your shoulder and just kind of do like if you were doing like a thumb and index finger. Yeah. Just come straight out to where that little fleshy part is, kind of like right there where your collarbone is. Tell your son or daughter that if they make their fist and they hit that kid right there in that area, that kid will not know what to do. It'll paralyze him for two seconds. It'll hurt like shit. It will not leave a mark. So it'll be. Is that right? It doesn't leave a mark? It won't leave a mark. No, we can see that. You hit that kid right there yeah. in that area, in that fleshy part right there, right by the bone, hard as you can, game over. 
and you escape any kind of detention, any kind of marks or anything else. And that fucking bully, next time he goes to raise his hand, he's going to realize that little Sally fucking cleaned his clock. That's it. That area, man, there's just little certain areas, right? Because they always say, oh, hit him in the balls or do anything yeah. like that. or well, Fuck with that shit. You just hit him right there in that fleshy spot, right there, hard as he can. A fucking kid will drop like you shot him. My go-to move for the longest time, and I, if I got in a fight today, it would probably still be my go-to move. I take my two middle fingers, my yeah. ring finger and the, the, the go-fuck-off finger, and, yeah. I, and I quick jab to the throat. Oh, that's another one. And as soon yeah. as people realize they can't breathe, they panic. And forget it. They're not concerned about fighting. They're concerned about their next breath. And then the then I follow with punches to the face. But that's that's but, the move is to make them choke. But see, now you're looking at detention. Yeah, well, because I'm looking the at kid it, getting arrested talk. now. It's going to yeah. be fighting but sixth the kid, graders. When he's, when he's raspy throat, yeah. you're going to be guilty. Yeah. That's why I said hit him in the collarbone. It's gonna His arm, their arm is going to go numb. Like they're going to be like, oh, my God, what happened? I can't lift my arm. It's going to hurt for an hour and a half, and there'll be no mark. It's it's the it's the perfect crime. Now nowadays you can't fight. Like remember when you were in school? Yeah. And I was in school all the time. There are fights all the time. You all can't, the time at the water tower. <laughs> the water towers where guys used to fight. Yeah. It was it's always zero tolerance. I remember when I got called into God dang, I, start, I think I started fighting in school fifth and sixth grade after Chuck punched me in the face in fifth grade. Don't fucking call him. And up, so uh, I got you know it's funny. I got punched in the face in first grade by a fourth grader. By, oh, by Lonnie Nance. Lonnie beat the shit L- out of you? Lonnie Nance. And you know... Uh, and, and what do you think Lonnie's doing here's, now? think he's telling people? Hard time. I've no idea what Lonnie's doing now. Here's, here's, here's the story. He's I'm about probably to... working in uh, La Caja Faux in Nebraska. When, when, I was, when I told you I was born in Los Angeles, moved to Tennessee, came back. And when my sister's four years older than me. And I remember as a kid, my mom would pick my sister up from school. I'd be sitting in that baby, you know, high, high yeah. chair, whatever, in the car, whatever the hell it was. And we had a kid in our carpool named Maurice. And Maurice had a big 70s afro. Nice. Okay. Like and Maurice I, Cheeks? And <laughs> it was a bigger afro that was like Dr. J, oh, Net, Net's Dr. J. Perfect. And I used to just sit in my chair, and I used to just feel Maurice's right? hair. Yeah. Just wanted to touch his hair. And Maurice never said a word. Yeah. Well, here comes Lonnie Nance when I moved to Tennessee, who's now in fourth grade. I'm in first grade. So he's like age six and ten are the, yeah. are the differences. And Lonnie Nance has the biggest afro in school, and I touch his hair. And he turned and punched me in the face so fucking hard. It was the last time I ever touched anyone's, anyone's hair again. Lonnie Nance is, I don't even know what happened. It was like getting hit by a giant tidal wave. Just hit right in the face. Like my face is caved around Lonnie Nance's fist. My friend Kyle Outlaw, uh, Tennessee volunteer. Yeah. Was the guy I told you about that we would hang out and he was at Yogi's. And I often said to him, because he was family to me, I go, I love hanging out with you because you're the only black guy in Cardiff. You're the easiest guy to find in the bar. <laughs> and he was the guy one night that was sitting at the end with his little beach bunny. And he's winking at me and giving me the thumbs up because everything's going fine. And he's doing this shit for 20 minutes. Like he's goddamn Wayne Brady down there. And uh, all of a sudden, the girl gets up and yeah. walks by me, and she's like, hi. And Kyle looks just fucking miserable, right? Yeah. So I go, what the hell? What happened? You were doing great. And he goes, you know what she said to me? I go, no. And she said to him, thinking, we told this story about a month ago. She told him, you know, you are the most articulate black man oh, I've Jesus. ever met in my life. Oh, jeez. And I was just like, holy shit, right? Holy yeah. shit. I go, well, you know what? If you weren't such a dick, 
give me the thumbs up and winking at me and double gunning me, it'd be a little bit more upset. <laughs> but now, look at here. I was like, God damn it, right? But how old were you with Lonnie? Dude, I was six years old. He was 10. All right. We were about 24. Yeah. And we went to Dollar Drink Night at Hennessy's. Okay. Me and my friend Wendy went to Dollar Drink Night at Hennessy's. So we would go. This is when I could actually. Well, no, I couldn't. I couldn't drink. So we go to Hennessy's in Carlsbad. We start each with three Jaeger shots and three draft beers. Oh, wow. That's it. Six bucks. And like, it's go time. So now by the time Why I get Why does everybody to, go Jaeger? Jaeger's never Fuck, fit. the worst. It never works out well. So now by the time I get down to Yogi's, Kyle has just come in and he he's like the to this day, he's one of the greatest guys I've ever met in my life. And why he ever liked me, I have no <laughs> idea. So he's sitting there and I'm doing your move, your Lonnie move. Yeah. And he's like, oh, what does it matter with you? I go, I don't know. And I'm doing it. <laughs> so he goes, I go, hey, check this out. And he goes, what? I go, I'll be right back. So I go get a beer from the great Jimmy Orlando. Jimmy O's in Del Mar named after him. So I get a beer. And he goes, what are you doing? And I go, watch this. And I reach in my pocket. And I have like 65 cents in change. Yeah. And I just start swallowing change with a beer. So a quarter. What? A, a dime. A nickel. And he's like, dude, stop. And I just kept getting, shut up. <laughs> now I'm bouncing my hand up his head. I was the worst. He's like, what are you doing? Yeah, what were you thinking? And I said, here goes the nickel. Done. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah, I sat there and just fucking drank like a dollar 18 and change. What? How did you feel the next day? Like a moron. I needed that money. Fucking bird. Can I get on the bus? You needed a transfer? Fuck. Fuck. That's Juanita's money. <laughs> or Cheetos. Yeah. That son of a bitch. He's still local in San Diego. I I, I could buy Kyle lunch yeah. every day for two weeks. And that that's just the worst. But we, we were just, I loved him, man. He was just, he was such a great fucking guy. And he, we're just, we're just, you like when yeah. you're friends. And it's it, like one of those things where you're just like, you're, but he never got that fucked up. Like, he never had that day. I had like 80 of those days. <laughs> but he was just, he and I uh, went to the Fiesta Bowl. God yeah. damn, what a great time we had. Uh, Tennessee against Penn State. Yeah. Help me out, Dave. The guy, uh, Carl, P Carl, Carl Pickens. Was he punt returner? Punt returner. He was everything. He played offense, defense, yeah. kick return, punt And he return. had like two fumbles in that game yeah. against Penn State. Played I for think. The, Johnny played, Majors. Yeah. Played for the Bengals. He was he was insane in college, though. Yeah. Yeah. God, we had the best time, man. And Kyle played Kyle played at Tennessee and then coached at St. Augie. And just honestly, like coach, I guarantee any kid who played for him would say the same thing. Just a fantastic guy. Yeah, just amazing. And we just, fuck, we spent so much time just laughing together. It's just great. And, and it's, yeah. But I would have to, I guarantee you he remembers it. Yeah. He's like, this guy is as dumb as it gets. And have, here goes the dime, Kyle. <laughs> Shit. He was like, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead, Stupid. When you, uh, when you were just talking about telling your kids how to deal with, with the bullies, have your kids run into anything? Like, I always find it interesting that 
you know, we told the story a long time ago with Alan Horton, how yeah. Horton said he's never been in a fight. I always yeah. thought that was unusual, that to go through school, never been in a fight. I don't think my older son, Josh, has never been in a fight. You know, my younger yeah. son has, but my older son hasn't. And I always say, when you're tall, you're always going to get a smaller mm-hmm. kid that's going to try and improve himself against uh, against a taller kid. Actually, I think Josh has been a one, now that I think about it. But, but overall, he's not a kid that looks for him. I, I remember my dad always made it clear to me I wasn't ever allowed to start it. Yeah. But I was I, I better be involved in finishing it. I better do my best to finish it, but I was never allowed to to start it. I don't think too too many. It's changed, it, huh? Yeah, it's I pretty mean, mellow. Like they don't come back home and tell you about fights in schools. No. Yeah. No. It has Romano, changed dramatically. La Mesa does a really good thing. Although here's a weird thing. My my wife said to me tonight, she said they don't have a desk in sixth grade, and she said their their goddamn backpack weighs like eighteen yeah. pounds. And she it, goes, Jeff, they walk a mile and a half home. They got more shit in here. What the fuck are they doing? Yeah. I mean, they don't have lockers, right? They don't have a locker. Yeah, they don't I'm have like, lockers. I'm like, we can be doing like that. Either. They're fucking, these guys are like 54 pounds. Yeah. And I go, that's ridiculous. Like, that That to me is obnoxious. For a school that does so many things right, why are you making these kids, like a lot of kids walk in La Mesa. And right now when it's hot because you fucking yeah. come back from school in the middle of August, I think that's idiotic. Like, give them a desk. Give them, the, give them a goddamn So what do they desk. do? They just sit at a table, like a big round table? How does it work? I, no, I think they have like the high school style desk, you know, where you just oh. have kind of the, the lip. Yeah. And you, remember, you just would sit there, but then you, but we had a locker. Yeah. San Diego, we had a locker. We had lockers in my high school too. Yeah, they got rid of all the lockers. They so got rid dumb. of the lockers because of drugs and weapons. Well, where else are you going to keep it? <laughs> Shit. Let's think here. All right. Do a little thinking here. White Shadow. <laughs> that was a great show, too. Yes. Uh, that show was great. But, um, but no, they really don't. I, I mean, we didn't have any at San Diego. San Diego really didn't have fights. And, and we had a pretty cross-section of people at San Diego. I mean, we had, we had kids from, from, you know, the, the Mexican kids. Yeah. We had the surf rat kids. We had jock. Nobody. Not that I remember. Very rare. I'm trying to think of my high school, do we have a bunch of fights? We really didn't have a, a ton of fights in the school. The neighborhood around it was really dangerous, but the, inside the school, no, we, I don't remember a lot of them. I remember in Tennessee when I went to school there just for ninth grade before I came back to LA. Yeah. One of the craziest fights I saw was two guys in the parking lot after school. You yeah. know, this is when guys were driving, and this one guy was kicking the shit out of this other guy. And oh, that shit. guy was getting his ass kicked, said, Hold on, let me change my shoes. And the guy yeah. let him go back to his truck. And the guy went and put on a pair of like cowboy boots, and he yeah. came back and won the fight because he kicked the shit out of the guy with the pointed toes. We saw a guy that had been kind of a, a douche in high school, and he got in a fight out in front of Yogi's in Cardiff, and he got hit in the mouth, and it knocked his tooth out, and he was running around, my teeth, my teeth, and we were all just fucking doubled over laughing. My teeth. <laughs> yeah, he got, he just got, and this fucking guy had no point. Like, everything was fine, and yeah. then we all started working at Santa Fe Liquor. And what you would have is you would have the migrant workers that would come in and get all fucked up, and then they were going to, you know, talk shit, and then it was on. But, like, I didn't have too many. I probably had four in there, but the one guy that was just, uh, there were two guys that I remember from there, one guy, like we had a lot of single women that would come in yeah. to buy whatever they were buying, wine, whatever. 
So I had like three ladies in line, and this guy just comes in. He's just fucked. He's just fucking <laughs> toasted. So he comes in, and he goes around the blind corner. Now I can't see him. I'm ringing these fucking ladies up, right? And now I can't see this asshole. And that, yeah. It's where we had like single beers, right? So I'm like, I know this dick's stealing. stealing something from me. So I tell him, I go, just get the fuck out of here. I bought your shit tonight. Get out of here. And I go around. This fucking guy's got his pants at his ankles, just pissing on my Pepsi cooler. <laughs> and I just go, you motherfucker. <laughs> Amigo. Um, fuck you. Just slamming his fucking head. Get out of here. <laughs> Little fucking nibble of corn dangling around. I'm like, you piss on me. I'm going to beat the fucking shit out of you. But um, my buddy Tom... Taught me the greatest move ever at the liquor store, and this is what you would do. Yeah. You just wanted to throw him out of the store. But what Tom would do is he'd grab him right by the collar, right by the belt, kind of like that John Wayne clip that I always yeah. throw you, right? And he'd start to throw him out the door, and then he'd pull him back in, so you're all off balance. you pull him back in, and then you just kick him right in the fucking ass. <laughs> Get out of here. And he'd always go staggering up. But... um. I had this one guy, he was really kind of a dick. He was just kind of a dick. And I lived in Cardiff, and I saw him one day kind of like out in front of my house, and it was weird. Like, he was out in front of my house, and he was kind of like going through the trash cans. Yeah. And it was this guy. I told him, get the fuck out of here. And now he, like, kind of realized that's where I lived. Well, I came home that day, and my house had been robbed. No way. And I lost my soccer's championship ring, my original one, and, like, all this other shit. Well, now, there's no way I can prove yeah. that he did it, right? There's yeah. no chance I can. But all of a sudden, that night, he comes in, and he's got this little smirk on his face, and I beat the fucking shit out of that kid, right? In the, yeah. You know, guy probably did nothing. He just wanted <laughs> to come in and get a tall boy. I fucking hated that guy. Beat the fucking shit out of that guy. But And then um, one other guy stole stole shit from me, and I was dating a girl who had a little daughter. Yeah. And he used to always tell her, don't come by the liquor store because it's always an adventure in there. Well, they go out to Julian and they determine that they're going to bring me like a piece of pie, right? The yeah. girl's like four. I just got this guy in a chicken wing. I'm just fucking, <laughs> fucker, fucking piece of shit. Oh, hey, what's up? Let me brought you pie. Brought you a piece of pie. Yeah. But my buddy who listens to all these is yeah. my main man, Tim Griffin. And Griff was like the best athlete at San Diego. Played at Stanford on those teams with Mike wow. Messina and Troy Gloss and all those, right? Awesome. Stanford kid. We fucking drag him into that shithole liquor store. And like there's like his third night, there's a big brawl. And he got cracked over the head with a magnum of champagne. Busted fucking top of his head open. And uh, I remember I saw him the next day. I go, you okay? He goes, yeah, shit. He goes, it was fine. Till the cops asked me what happened. The only thing that came out was, I, 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 I. He's lucky to get killed. That shit was crazy, yeah. man, because chicks, women would come in, talk to guys. Like, I, I have a buddy who loves the movie Clerks. Yeah. And I just said the movie Clerks was the documentary because that was an absolute documentary. And you would have these women that would come in. And they knew what time we closed, right? We closed at 11. And Dave, it was the easiest, it was second grade math, man. They would come in, they'd had a couple of beers, 
You always had the radio on. Yeah. And you'd be like, hey, what do you want? Well, shit, we had everything. So I fucking just mixing drinks, right? Yeah. Just closing the deal in the back of the liquor store all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Worst job ever. People are like, ah, oh, we're at a liquor store. Getting in fights, you're drinking beers, yeah. closing deals. It was great. Were you ever afraid of getting robbed, though? Like an armed robbery? Someone coming in with a gun like in the movies? And Worst saying, night hey. ever was Halloween. Is that right? Halloween. We hated working Halloween. Because Halloween, especially around there, the problem with Santa Fe liquor was we were so close to the freeway that if anybody hit us, they'd be gone in a minute. And I think the other problem that we were concerned about I think a lot of us were concerned about was that there had been stuff. Like yeah. I, I probably in my five years there, I probably had three or four. I mean, that's probably Is really that right. It. Yeah, and I was there a lot, but on Halloween, uh, uh, we were kind of we were all cognizant of it because you could have hit us and been on the freeway in no time. But we also thought that if any of these guys got pissed and came and took us out, but. No, for for the most part, Halloween was the night we didn't like working. New Year's Eve was great. Loved working New Year's Eve. Always worked the holidays. It was fun. So I'm always surprised when, you know, you hear stories about people trying to rob a bank, which, uh-huh. you know, it's a bad move. You get caught robbing a bank. You're going to jail for a long time. Yeah. That it doesn't happen more on Halloween because everybody yeah. dresses up for work. You see people dress up all the time. I mean, I don't understand how I'm not telling you how to rob a bank, but how there aren't. Hey, guess what? Chewbacca tried to rob eight banks today in San Diego. Yeah. And like. You would come in in your Chewbacca mask yeah. and be like, we're like, fuck you. <laughs> we don't know what you're doing. It. Get out of here. Get out of here. But um, yeah, people would grab like bottles of wine and shit. And then that was always fun because it was kind of odd. But I don't remember. I don't remember an art in my time there. I don't remember the store ever actually being robbed. We did. Did you ever do anything like that? Did you ever work? Yeah. yeah. Well, for me, I had uh, I worked at Sport Mart, yeah, which was became sure. a Sports Authority, but it was in Los Angeles, oh, and yeah. I was the guy that was in charge of. Let's say you were trying clothes on. You got to try on these three things. Well, I'd give you a, a number three, so it would have yeah. it would let me know how many things you brought in. You have to bring those th- three things out, which always amazes me when people try things on that they don't bring them back out. Yeah, they just and leave it there. They just leave it on the floor, off the hanger, the whole deal. Like, yeah. like assholes. What the man. hell? Yeah, complete assholes. So, we had these guys at at Sport Mart. I'm sure Sports Authority kept the same deal, but mm-hmm. everything was was pegs. You know, so you, yeah. you you put a metal peg in the wall, then you hang the stuff up. Well, behind that peg wall were security guards watching you. They would walk around the store and they would watch you know customers to see who was stealing. Okay. You had no idea they were there. They were called the bakers. Yeah, and so. If they would, they would signal ahead of the cashier, "Hey, so and so is is in line three. And then one of the big baker guys, you know, mm-hmm. look like uh, the the biggest bounces you've ever seen, would stand in line right behind you, like with a tennis racket, like they're about to buy a tennis racket. And if you passed that register without paying what they saw you steal, they they would take you down. Well, if they couldn't get there in time, they had a code for me because I was the next closest guy. Then I would get in line. Yeah. And as soon as they passed that register, I was allowed to take out everybody. Yeah, you can't do that now. And so, <laughs> well, yeah. so I, I thought this was awesome. I mean, it was yeah. one of these jobs where you had to dress kind of business casual. You had to wear the jacket. Yeah. You, had, you had to wear a tie. You had to wear a nice shirt. You had to wear, you know, dress pants. And I would get in line and I'd beat the shit out of guys. Well, yeah. I used to say, am I clear on this? And they go, oh, yeah, yeah, it's part of the deal. You're fine. And we'd call the cops and a couple of times guys. There's no footage. Like there's no, no there's no cell phone. No that should be all over the place yeah. right now. So we'd beat the shit out of the guys, and then we call the police. And a lot of guys would freak out and piss on themselves, you know. Yeah. And then, uh, sure enough, man, I'm at 
San Diego State as a student. I left that job. I worked it during the summer. And guess who has to go to court? Because yeah. a guy said I was overly excessive for beating this guy up. And I was so disappointed at Sport Mart for not having my back saying, yeah. what do you mean I'm going to court right now? I'm just a yeah. kid trying to, you know, I'm out of that job trying to earn a college degree. And now yeah. I've got to drive up to L.A. and go to court over beating a guy up in yeah. at my job, what they told me to do. I fucking can't hit a guy with a beer bottle? Yeah. And all of a sudden <laughs> I'm a bad employee? I hit the guy with the John McEnroe tennis racket? Jesus Christ. Even though he stopped moving five minutes ago? Yeah. Yeah. It's really yeah, great. I, I, don't, I hit him right below the knee. I don't know what they'll have. You know what's funny about that job is he's the camping saw and amputated his leg. But now I'm the dick. All right. <laughs> this was in uh, this store was on Sepulveda, between Olympic and Wilshire. Yep. Okay, you know exactly what I'm talking, yeah, sure. right? And so you get a lot of celebrities that come in. Yeah. At the time, L.A. Law was on Corbin Birds. So yeah. Used to come in all the time. I love that guy. And so Jim Brown walks in. Okay. This is like 19, 1990, something like that. Fuck. Jim. When he talked about, well, after, because 85, they talked about him coming back, right? Yeah. 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 Remember that? Coming on back. Sports Illustrated. Yeah. So Jim Brown comes in and I tell a guy I work with, I'm going to not, I'm going to tackle him. I'm going to take him yeah. out from behind. And he goes, what? And yeah. I said, in all those old films, Jim Brown never goes down. I'm going to say I tackled him. Yeah. You're going to get fired. I go, it's going to be worth it. It'll be it. <laughs> You're going down. <laughs> I was going to completely go, and go for Jim Brown's knees and try to take him down. And the guy completely talks me out of it. Well, the funny thing is we had the, the phones. You could pick the phone up off the wall, and it became yeah. a microphone automatically. You yeah. Know? So a guy I worked with, the guy was a college football player. He played at the University of Georgia, but he's from L.A., and he'd pick up the mic, and he'd say, uh, Dave, need help in aisle four. And every time it was a woman breastfeeding. It was always, oh, it was, it was always trying to get me to catch a girl breastfeeding. And he'd yeah. always, we need help. And sure enough, he'd always get me. I'd always, you know, and then it wasn't the worst thing either, getting caught. But I was like, you son of a bitch. Don't you have a every car for that time. lady? Don't you have a station wagon <laughs> and a towel? Get out of here. Get you know, out of here, little you pervert. Know, those house. Well, the only time he ever paged me was for those exact same things. But I was like, yeah, it was a complete perv move. It sucks that uh, it sucks that Jim Brown's a bad guy, huh? Yeah. I mean, he's done a lot in the community. But he calls out everybody. Like, you know what I'm saying? I know he does a lot in the community. But, you know, you pointed this out to me when we first started at KFMB. Hit it right on the head. I remember... There was a situation at the YMCA where some vans were vandalized. Mm -hmm. And the Spanos family donated like $10,000 to help out. Yeah. And we got calls immediately saying, that's it? $10,000? Yeah. And you said, they don't have to donate shit. Yeah. It's, you know, they decided to give $10,000. doesn't matter how much they have. They still gave $10,000. How much do you give? Yeah. And Jim Brown's one of those guys that will call out Michael Jordan and call out everybody else. You never give enough. Always says they never give enough back. You know, well, fuck, Jim. You know, why are you in charge of everybody's bank account? God damn it, Jim. I loved having him on this show, though. Yeah, he was like a guy. Jim was a guy, and I know I get it. I mean, you, you you can be on either side of the fence. Yeah, we look at what he's done for troubled youth in the streets of L.A. over and over again to be a role model, and then you go, or you look at his history of domestic violence yeah. and his history there, and I get all that. But I I just when he was on the show a couple of different times, I just like talking to him. And and he's one where I really I probably struggle with Jim more than anybody that we had on because of how much I like him and admire him. But it's hard for me to kind of figure out, you know, who's the real guy? Like, who's who's that real guy? That is a tough one for but, us. We, another guy that went through the same thing that we loved having on the show was Warren Moon. Yes. Another guy. Absolutely. Another guy. Yeah. You know, I mean, if we called Warren right fuck, now, Warren oh, would be on fuck. in two seconds. Warren never says no. Immediate, immediately. Yeah, it's another one, man. 
It's another tough one because of pros and cons the book yep. Don Yeager wrote years ago. Yeah, it's another one, man, where you just go, shit, sucks. You just go, well, what if it what if it had been I mean, I'll I'll be divorced in ten days. There was never a day in my twelve years with her. Yeah. Where I ever came close to striking her or putting my yeah. hand on her doing and if anybody else did it, I'd fucking kill him. So um you know, it's funny. My younger son asked me nothing funny about it, but he, he asked me the question the other day. He goes, have you ever have you ever hit mom? God. And I said, no. Oh. I go, look at the size of me. Look at the size of your mother. Yeah. I go, you think I've ever hit your mom? You think your mom is the kind of woman that would stay with me after yeah. I hit her? And I said, why do you ask that question? He goes, because one of my friends said their dad said, when you hit a woman, make sure you open hand because it won't leave a mark. And I Fuck, said, man. Dude, who's this kid? I go, that's horrible yeah. advice. I go, the advice you should always know is you don't hit anybody that can't protect themselves. And that you have a huge, that's horrible. You never hit a woman. You just no. don't. I just thought it was one of those in, in our day and age that it was understood. You, you just don't. There shouldn't even be a conversation because you kind of know what you're saying. I don't know. I don't have one friend that's ever hit their spouse. You know what I'm saying? I don't know I anyone that's that that's ever been through that. And and if that was the case, I couldn't be friends with that guy. That would be the line. I mean, yeah. I know we're talking about how much we like Jim Brown and, and Warren Moon, but I mean, those guys aren't walking in through my door either. They aren't walking no. into my house. No, I mean, I just I have such an affection for Geekster and Rose yeah. and Maggie and um, Tracy and Jane. Everybody else that listens to this show, that I just, I just feel like I would be doing such a disservice to all of them, doing such a disservice to all of them, if, if, I mean, that was that's not in my DNA. That's yeah. just not who I am. Has your wife ever punched you? No, she. I'll tell you what she does. Uh, <laughs> my wife's punched me. That's why I said it. She punched you? Probably about three times in 27, 28 years I've been together. She just got so bad, just punched me right in the arm. Oh, that's great. No, my soon-to-be ex-wife knew my pressure points. Yeah. Like, tickle points. Yeah. Holy shit. Like, would torture me. <laughs> because my kids are incredibly ticklish, and I can get it too. So she would... She's strong, man. My wife's an athlete. So she would, like... It's not that she would be able to hold you down, but you know, like if you get an angle on somebody, you can you can yeah, maneuver it. Yeah. This sneaky little shit. <laughs> and she would get right behind, um, like about four inches up from behind your knee, like right there in your thigh. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Screaming. Her name's Vita. Vita. <laughs> ah. Oh yeah. But then it's like, oh yeah, she just she knew that. No, you know that's the cool thing we were talking we were talking about tonight because there's a lot going on with this show. It's incredibly exciting. I kind of alluded to it in the tweet last night. I like that you're all upset that the target bag was on the table. <laughs> and so you know the cool thing is, um, I feel like the communication that she and I have is as strong as it's ever been. It's great. And we were talking today about. Um, she got my son, Cade, a gecko. Yeah. My fucking kid is such a maniac. I go, jokingly, I said to him yesterday, did you name it? And he goes, yeah, I think I'm going to name it Bob. I go, what? He goes, yeah, I'm going to name it Bob. And it fucking struck me so funny. So yeah. every time he, I talked to him today, I said, uh, hey, what's going on? He goes, well, because Bob doesn't really move on. And I'm like, 
the fuck? I've never heard of a guy. I go, like, Gordon. Name him Gordon. Like, Wall Street. What? I go, forget. <laughs> He's not going to. That's 30 years ago. Yeah. So I, I love it that he named that one syllable name. I always say that's Bob. always the way you should go for a pet. It's the fucking best name ever. Yeah. And he's so stoked. And she did such a nice thing for him. Just curious. How did he end up with uh, a pet and, and, and well, Jack didn't? Okay. Well, that fucking little shit's coming. So uh, so I was just talking to her tonight. And I go, you know, that was, that was great. That was great what you did. And I go, you made him so happy. And she said, uh, she goes, well, yeah. She goes, now Jack wants a chameleon. I go, of course he does. I go, well, tell him it's great. He'll never know where it is. He'll never see it. <laughs> so I said, can they be in the same tank? I don't know anything about I never had lizards. I yeah. never had it. But I just, she set up the whole thing. And I just said to my son, Kate, I go, that's a pretty fucking badass mom, man. Yeah. She's setting up this whole thing. She's going to get it. It was a couple hundred bucks, the whole deal. But she said, she goes, look, you know, um, she goes, I, I said to him, that's pretty much your birthday present from me. And she said, I told him today, look, you'll probably have a, a birthday with your dad and his family. And she said, you know, I don't, I don't really have any family. But I said to him, I'll, you know, maybe this friend or that friend will come over. I go, whoa, hang on. I go, what? And she goes, well, I, I don't really have any family here. I go, all right. I don't really fucking feel like hanging out with my family. <laughs> and she goes, what? I go, I won't be there. I go, because you're going to go to Flower Power. You're going to get the cool cake, right? She goes, yeah. I go, okay, why the fuck am I banned from it? She just starts dying laughing. She goes, okay. But she goes, I'm not really comfortable you know, with everything going on with your family. I go, I just fucking said. Yeah. I just want to be there. I go, plus I'll, we'll have everything. She's like, all right, cool, done. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's what we're doing. Because I said, uh, so, yeah, my other son wants a chameleon now. Now, whether he wants it, his Kate truly, genuinely wanted a lizard. Why? Just curious. Why? Because his mom's a fucking maniac. Oh, okay. And it's from his mom's side of the family. Oh, I gotcha. It's not from me. I, I would get yellow labs and black labs. Yeah. That's it. I don't need any fish. He told me last night, he goes, you know what I'm going to do? He goes, I'm going to get a uh, tarantula. Oh. I'm going to put that tarantula on your head when you're sleeping. I go, go ahead and fucking do it. Yeah. And I go, I'm going to fling that fucking tarantula right into the Tijuana River. He's going to get eaten by a piranha. And then I kept talking to him last night because he was all excited. And he has a cat named Kit. So I took my index finger and I put my index finger in my mouth. And I said to him, hey, Cade, you want to play catch with Bob? He's like, stop it. And I go, this is going to be Kit talking to you in about two weeks. <laughs> hey, do you want me to bring, you want me to feed Bob? And he's dying. He goes, you shut up. I go, that's what's <laughs> going to happen. Me and Kit are going to play catch with your little buddy over there. He's like, stop it. He's dying laughing the whole time. But, um, but no, I mean, I, I just said to her today, I go, no. I'm not going to have to have a party by yourself. I go, you and I will do it. I go, we're fine. So I told her, like, what's going on with the show and, and a couple other things yeah. that we can't really talk about yet. But um, it's an exciting time. It's an exciting time for us. She could not. She's always been my biggest supporter. She continues to be my biggest supporter. And I told her that tonight. I go, look, I hope you understand 
how much that genuinely means to me. And she goes, absolutely, always to the end. So, um, so that's great. I just want to say this real quick. And I'm not being a dick, okay? Stop fucking putting this show in and trying to compare what we do with some of these guys that do Padre podcasts. Those guys are all great. This is a completely fucking different animal than any of those guys are doing. And I say that with peace, love, and respect for all of them. But give me a fucking break. What we're doing here is community-driven. It's a business. We're making money on it. And we're about to do something on a project that when we announce this, hopefully within the next 60 days, is going to have a dramatic impact on this show, whether it's for the positive or it means the end of the podcast, I don't know. But it's an incredibly positive thing for me, for Dave, for the Dave and Jeff brand. And it will honestly, Dave, am I, am I crazy on this? It will take this brand and this show global. Yes. It will absolutely take it national and it more than likely will take it global. That's why this show is different, and this show is different because of every one of you that have supported it. And we, Dave and I couldn't be more thankful, and as I have said over and over again, we will take you along for the ride, all of you. But when I read shit and people are like, well, you know, uh, according to Padre's podcast A and B, and then Dave and... What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I like all those guys. I appreciate all those guys. But I'm like, stop trying to, to say what we're doing here and what they're doing is the same thing. Those guys are having fun with it. If they make a few bucks, I couldn't be more thrilled for them. I'm happy to promote them uh, for what they're doing. But what this is doing is completely different. I tried to listen to Extra Today garbage. We're different than any other show out there. And I'm incredibly proud of where this show is today. I'm even more proud of the people who have contacted us and saying, we want to take you to the next level. Yeah. And, and there you go. That's really exciting. Uh, you and I have never had it. No, we've been very fortunate. Um, the, as far as what's gone on over the last two years has been a, a blessing, not a curse. You know, as far as the way and things how would have you How would you describe what has happened to this particular show and this particular brand Overall, in the last, let's say the last 45 days. You know what? The the podcast where, and, and again, the people that do the Padre ones and Adam Carolla, who does his, who's very successful on his podcast, and Carolla would probably say, don't put me in the same category with you guys. Sure. This is the future. I mean, we talk about listening and viewing habits all the time and the mm -hmm. way direction things are going. I and mean, we talk about that core audience all the time, 25 to 54, when people try and sell advertising. That's not exactly how the podcast is working. I always will, will tell you as a dad, pay attention to what your kids are doing because they're going to know what's happening first before you do. And it don't ever be the you know, get off my lawn guy because yeah. you can sit there and ignore it all you want. And you'd be like my mother who tells me how dumb her iPhone is when I know that iPhone's smarter than all of us and she just wants to fight it. But I'm telling you, getting involved in this podcast and the way things are going through listening habits is the best thing to ever happen to us. And we kind of... Things worked out time-wise in, in a perfect scenario where if we were still under contract doing terrestrial radio, do we, we would have missed the boat. We would have missed the boat. And I was incredibly lucky, and this show was incredibly lucky, that about six weeks ago, my dad called me and said, hey, I want you to meet this friend of mine. And I kind of nonchalantly blew it off. Uh, my dad, who I've never had an argument with, honestly, my dad and I have never had an argument. Uh, lived together for a year in London. We absolutely just had a blast. Always had an amazing relationship. And it's probably the closest he's ever come to getting mad at me. 
is he's like, hey, like, did you make that call? I'm like, ah, you know, I'll make it. He's like, Jeff, make the call. And I was with him last week in L.A., and I was dying laughing. He's like, God damn. He's like, I told you. Yeah. What my dad did for me on that day, it changed my life. Yeah. It absolutely changed my life. And the great thing is it changed my life for the positive, and it changed not only my life, but I think it's going to have an impact on Dave's life. I think it's going to have an impact on Josh Palais's life in kind of a roundabout way. I think it may even have a positive impact on my friend Katie Temple's life, which would be great. And uh, it's incredibly exciting. And when people look, uh, they were there at the event. They saw it. They were already sold on what we are building and what we're trying to do in this community. And now they want to do it even on a on a bigger um, stage. And they got the money behind it to do it. And it's legit and it's exciting. And Dave's exactly right. If I was stuck, and you know what, Dave? It it genuinely it's further proof that things work the way they're supposed to. Yeah. Um, Scott Kaplan, Darren Smith, Stevie Woods were incredibly great in trying to get the management at 1090 to get us to fill that nine to noon spot. Mike Lickenhouse was cool. It just didn't work out. Had we done that, we couldn't do what we're about to do. If we had gone to 97.3, um, as some people kind of encouraged 97.3 and their clueless management team to do, I don't think you and I could do what we're about to do. And I'm just saying for every one of you that have been there and supported us and sent us messages when we need it, all of you are coming along for the ride. Yep. That's it. But but this show is different than anybody out there. I'm proud of that. I'm excited about it. And uh, and I think probably, I think maybe towards the end of 2018 and most definitely the 2019 year, the Dave and Jeff podcast is going to be so much different than anything we've done to this point. And I'm incredibly excited to get it going. Absolutely. All right. I want to get through some of these guys that have been with us as far as helping the show out, oh, and making, shit, it, yeah. making it easy for us. But also at the same time, I'm going to ask you a, a sports question. So, okay. uh, so hang around. If you're listening right now, hang around. I want to mention Daniel Tyler with uh, San Diego Superior Fence. Of course, San Diego Superior Fence.com is the easiest way to get a hold of Daniel Tyler. You can also call him 760-745-4846, 760-745-4846. 13 years in business, strong throughout North County, but all over San Diego County. He will get that fence done for you. You name the kind of fence you want. We love the fact that he says every job's an easy job. It's easy because he's great at what he does. I tell people all the time, everything is easy if you know what you're doing, just like in math and school. Math was never easy for me. But uh, for Daniel Tyler, putting those fences up, you name the kind he wants. As uh, I said, I love the iron ones, but the wood fences look fantastic. You name it. Vinyl fences, dark colors, light colors. He does them all. Chain link, simple. Everything is easy. Daniel Tyler is your guy, again, at San Diego Superior Fence on Twitter, SD Superior Fence, A-plus rating with BBB, has done a fantastic job, fully licensed, insured, and free estimates. Well, the problem is, A, he doesn't know which beach to go to in Carlsbad. I don't know why he's talking to you after I lived in Carlsbad for six years. I told him I went to Carlsbad. I know, but he went to the beach off of Tamarack. You don't want to go off of Tamarack, and I don't know. Like, Carlsbad's fine. I don't know why he wouldn't go Lucadia, Encinitas, do any of those. But I'm dying looking at messages that he sent to us tonight because my boy Dan Tyler... Uh, where every job is the easy job. Got sunburned up there. Well, that's what you get for hanging around on Tamarack. Yeah, <laughs> all upset. But, uh, uh, man, what a great job he does. And I love it. Like, if, if somebody would have said to me 15 years ago, 
hey, there's going to be this thing called social media, and it's going to be Twitter, and it's going to come up on your computer, and you know what you're going to get a big kick out of? You're going to love seeing pictures of new fences. I'd have been like, you know, I'm going to be excited about it. I'm going to be excited about taking this size 10 and a half pony, Larry Holmes shoe, and kicking you right in the ass out the door. But I would have been wrong. It's fantastic. Because I know the how, the quality of the job that Dan does. And, and San Diego Superior Fence is going to do it for you as well. And, man, there's so many different things going on right now where you go, yeah, you kind of need that fence around the house, man. It's, it's different times we live in. It's safety. It's privacy, it's security, and everything that San Diego Superior Fence brings. Like Dave said, 30 years of experience, awesome work. Check them out on Twitter, SD Superior Fence, and tell them Dave and Jeff sent you. And then if you would, maybe hook him up with a bottle of uh, SP30 when he comes by. I'd appreciate it. We need him, we need him healthy. <laughs> We'd appreciate it. Also, Alan Taylor, tailor-made pools. Man, how great with that infinity pool look in your backyard. You name the kind of pool that you want, Alan Taylor is the guy to do it. 20 years in San Diego, all the way from Canada, has made us home here. I don't know anything about Canada, and, and he's not going back either, as you gave me the test the What's other the day. What's the postal code? I didn't remember how the postal yes, code works. it goes letter, number, letter, number. Right? Oh, you were close. Damn it. Number, letter? No, shut, shut up. It goes, it's two groups of three. So it goes letter, number, letter, number, letter, number. Okay. I'm and then not I going ask, to Canada. I love Canada. Canada, would you go to? Uh, Vancouver. Which province? Which province is Vancouver I have Vancouver no fucking in? idea. Don't, don't you get heated about Canada. Shits. It's in British Columbia. It's a beautiful uh, okay. part of the well, world. Well, I did know that, actually. I should have yeah. thrown that Super. one at you. I'd go to Toronto. Okay, I'd, where's that? Which province? I don't know. Ottawa. Okay, Ottawa. I'd go I'd go to Toronto and I'd go to Vancouver. Vancouver, which province? British Columbia. Okay, hey. Jeez, look look at that. you. Look at you. I got a, a Canada story for you after I tell you about Alan Taylor. Again, you name what, what needs to be done with your pool. Either it's a brand new pool or if you have a pool that needs to be put back into shape, don't forget about the pool resurfacing, new equipment and repairs, and also everyone's going to the saltwater technology. Make your backyard a staycation. Alan Taylor's your guy, 619-449-4452, 619-449-4452. He's the goddamn best, man. You know, I yeah. just... Uh, I appreciate him so much. You just go, that's just a, and it's really funny, Dave. Uh, I I forget about the fact that he's Canadian. Yeah. But I, I deal with people from Canada all day, and they're sincerely like the nicest people. They are. And, and you just go, man, that's just a good dude. And I love what he does. Here's the great thing that pointed out today from my man, Alan Cson. Alan Cson wife is Amy. Al Taylor's girlfriend is Amy. Yep. Alan and Amy, Alan and Amy. Alan Cson used to work for TaylorMade Golf. TaylorMade oh, Pools. Oh, there you go. Jesus Christ. It looked like he completely froze I up did. over there. I did. Like TaylorMade, you're like, huh? No, no, no. I was thinking about, uh, and, well, Alan Taylor's girlfriend, Amy, spells her name Different. unusually. Yeah. Well, oh, now you just called her unusual? Well, I think Amy may drop you. A I will hold her drink. Have you ever seen it spelled that way? Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. Who's the same? Amy Mann. Who the fuck's Amy Mann? Talented singer from the 80s. <laughs> okay. I think she was with Culture Club. Culture Club? There's only one guy from the Culture Club that anyone pays attention to. Uh, I'm telling you, I like Amy from TaylorMade. Yes. I, I'm pretty sure that if we went to Chico Club and shit stirred up. Oh, yeah. She'd be the first one throwing a punch. Oh, yeah. She'd be in. She'd be winning. <laughs> I mean, me and Al would be like holding her drink. Uh, TaylorMade pool, to me, 
has done so many great things. I love wearing the shirts. I wear them all the time, and I, I'm stopped constantly, and I'm asked you know, different pool questions. Yep. And I've never been answered one correctly. But what I say is, hey, call me Monday. I'll be in the office. And they're like, it is Monday. And I'm like, well, call me tomorrow. I'll be in the office. What's the number? I go, look at the back of this shirt. I don't remember. <laughs> um, but I've often told people, like, they can use, if they're out of chlorine for the pool, they can just use OxyClean. Yeah, so you say? Yeah, use OxyClean, Mr. Clean. Don't a Tide Pod. Yeah, all works fine. All works fine. Give me a call in the office when <laughs> things start bubbling up. Um, He's just the best, man. Yeah. He's just the best. And, and I love when you see... So there's such good people, number one, that do just great work. That's the thing with all these guys. They're yeah. just good people that do really, really great work. And the other thing that I love about them, no matter what we're doing in this community, they're committed to help. No matter what crazy fucking idea I come up with, those guys are like, dude, we're in. Where and when? And how many people do you have in your life, just in your life, where you go friends, yeah. family, where you're like, uh, I swear to God, Dave, if if we were moving and when I am moving, I'm just going to hire somebody to do it because I don't want to be the, hey, come over, I'll get pizza. Fuck you. <laughs> hire a company to move or just buy new shit and donate everything to Bob McElroy. He'd appreciate it. Um, I swear to God, though, if you were moving, the the guys that, that are the backbone of this show, like Dan Tyler and Al Taylor yeah. and, and Barkley and Brian Curry, They'd fucking be the guys that are like, dude, we got it. I, I just, I, I couldn't be more loyal to those guys. And I loved having Amy at the event because she just fucking killed me the whole night. She's so goddamn funny. They're awesome. She's great. Brian Curry also, we love Brian Curry. He's been selling. You called her unusual, not me. <laughs> unusual doesn't mean bad. Unique. Is that what I should have said? Well, I don't know. I hope you know a good fucking dentist because she's going to fucking beat the dog shit out of you. And me, Al, and Dan Tyler are going to love it. Curry's going to like it, too. It'll be a little tough. You're going to be like that guy in front of Yogi's. My Dave. Amy just starts fucking jacking you. Bah, 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 bah. Ragdoll you in your West Chandler jersey up by the fence. There's not going to be karate, any kid. Yeah, there's going to be no Mr. Miyagi. He's going to get ragdolled. She's not going to have to put the skeleton makeup on. She's not, I'll tell you the other thing. She won't even take her dress shoe off. She'll just beat no, the shit out of you in her dress That'd shoe. be embarrassing. Throwing my bike in the, in, the, in the dumpster. I hate it. I hate this bike. I hate it. <laughs> Don't forget to call Brian Curry. He's been selling real estate all over Seneca County for 20 years. Tons of awards he has won. Prior 10 years before that, he was in the military. We love the yeah. military guys, and he was a helicopter pilot. Absolutely yeah. fantastic guy. One of the best people we know. You're going to love him as well. He's also the guy to call when you're looking to upgrade your current situation and say, you know what, I want a bigger house. I'm ready to downsize. Whatever your situation is, whatever your neighborhood, he's familiar with every neighborhood in San Diego County. Make sure you call Brian Curry. He's our guy, 619-251-1588, 619-251-1588, and the website, BrianCurryRealEstate.com. So a friend of mine said to me today, hey, you still living in North County? I was like, well, I was going to be living in North County. Did my fucking kids ruin that? And uh, this friend of mine just wrote back, fucking kids. <laughs> I was like, fuck. It just reminded me. A couple months ago, we had this conversation. Make sure they keep that lizard at mom's house. Yeah, I don't need that <laughs> shit. That little fucking talking gecko telling me about insurance. <laughs> Kick him right in his little gecko nuts. So, uh, yeah, I was just kind of sitting there today reflecting. 
thinking about when these commercials were a couple months ago, and I was like, you know, I'll be heading to Lucadia and Encinitas and La Costa. Going to be great having that run with BC, because I was like, just put me near Juanitas, and I'll be fine. Yeah. Old school, Juanitas. But hey, you know, Spring Valley's great, too. <laughs> you, sound, you weren't breathing like it's great. What? <laughs> oh, it's great. Del Cerro, yay. Hour and a half commute, yay. Fuck. But uh, the guy who helped me make the most of it, yeah. no, it'll be great. Alcon Boulevard. Fuck, yes, sir, I'm driving on yeah. Alcon Boulevard. 70th and Alcone Boulevard. And you know, I get a little jungle fever. I ain't got to yeah, lie to you. I've heard. And here comes this girl walking. Now, she it looked like it was just kind of a hot day. She's walking, and she's got uh, her hair pulled back. She kind of looks like a young June Pointer. So she catches <laughs> by. A black kind of like gym shorts on and a yeah. bikini top. Okay. Now, she's walking with another guy who... I don't know. He he looks like he probably was, you know, probably drove the bus for two live crew. <laughs> he was. He did not have. Let's just say he would not be mistaken for fucking Stevie B or Johnny Gill. Yes. So I'm I'm just curious. I'm watching them, and they goddamn they don't even turn the corner on 70th and two La Mesa cops are yanking them away. Who knows what the <laughs> fuck these two did? And I'm just like, well, isn't it great then? Five fucking weeks, I'll be right yes. back here in La Mesa. Like, <laughs> hey, you know, I'll move to Lucadia. It'd be great. Whole city smells like surf wax. Dad, don't go. Fuck. That's perfect. Be great. I'll just live here where the entire city smells like police tape. <laughs> but BC will help me out. We'll figure it out. There you go. Brian Kerr is your guy. All right, I got a, a Canada story for you before I, uh, before I ask you the sports question. Okay. So uh, I talked to my, my mother's brother, okay? So Your my uncle. uncle. My uncle. And we were talking about, I was talking about the cards that you had made up for Upper Deck. Oh, yeah. And so I didn't know he, him and my father had a falling out. Mm. You know, he was at the funeral. He came to, to Nashville. He was there when I was there, when my, my dad's funeral, and, and was there to support my mother and the whole deal. And he tells me a story he says all right i'm gonna tell you why your dad and i hadn't spoken in about eight years and i said i had no Shit. idea you guys hadn't spoken in eight years my dad never said a word and, and and he never said a word to me so he says here's the deal your dad says he's gonna fly out from nashville my, my uncle lives up and towards sacramento and he okay. says we're gonna get the rv throw two dogs in the car in the rv we're gonna drive up to canada never been to canada and he goes the one thing i wanted i wanted my entire life now that i'm retired I wanted a real Cuban cigar, he tells me. I've never had a Cuban cigar. Oh, we're wow. we're going to go to okay. Canada. We're going to see what it's like up there. We've heard nothing but great things. And I'm going to get that Cuban cigar. I said, all right. And he goes, we go up there. And he goes, your dad all of a sudden can't get cell phone service. He starts to panic that he needs to get out of Canada and get back to the United States because he has business going on in Nashville and he needs to check up on. And I said, it, he says, I, you know, I tell him, Lou, let's wait. It's not going anywhere. The business is still going to be yeah. there when, when you're back. My sister and my, my brother-in-law were running the business. They're going to be fine without my dad. Mm -hmm. And he says, I need to get that cigar. He goes, no, we got to get back now. And he's like, man, I just wanted that fucking cigar. That's the whole reason for the trip for me was the yeah. cigar, he says. So he says, my dad you know, pushes. I know the way my dad is. My dad just only sees things one way. What's important to him is what's most important. 
And he goes, we're in line to go back over the border, and we're sitting there for two fucking hours, and oh. we aren't moving, and your dad's out of the car, and he's making friends with everyone else that he doesn't fucking know because he talks to strangers like crazy. He goes, and I'm just fuming. And I'm looking at this fucking asshole. <laughs> he calls my dad a fucking asshole. Look at this fucking asshole talking to people he doesn't know. I should be in line smoking my fucking cigar that I've waited 67 years to fucking smoke. Yeah. And he goes, he gets back in the car after two hours and he sits down and I look at him and I go, Lou, fuck you. I'm never going to talk to you again in my life. Fuck you. And I went, wait a second. So you still had to drive through Washington, yeah. Oregon and take him in and didn't say a word. He goes, dude, we didn't say one fucking word to each other. It was straight from, in an RV, in an RV with dogs in the back, two black labs. And then it was like, he said straight to the airport, dropped his ass off and fucking not a word ever since. Wow. And uh, that was it. That was the falling out that he didn't let my, let my uncle get that goddamn Cuban cigar. Now, if you've ever been with my dad, my dad's the guy that will tell you no matter where you're going, you could be going to a wedding that you're, that you're the groom. Yeah. Hey, pull over right here. There's an in and out. I got to get a double double. Like everything's a fucking emergency. Pull over here. There's a CVS here. There's a Rocky Road candy bar. We don't get Rocky Roads in Nashville. Like, I need a Rocky Road. Like some stupid shit that my dad would ask for. Bizarre stuff. Three things you'd ask yeah. for. in and out Yeah. We'd ask for Tommy's, too. in and out Tommy's, Rocky Road candy bars, and those Uno candy bars. Oh. And then I'd be like, what the fuck? Yeah. And so every time he would leave, he'd stay at my house. You'd sit there, and you get in time to wash the sheets. You'd strip yeah. the bed down. Fuck, when you find like five Rocky Road wrappers and shit. God, like, it's like, who's eating Gilbert Grape? Like the mom? Guy's <laughs> <laughs> out of control. So that was it. It was a big, hey, fuck you. I'm never talking to you again. Never talked to him again. But he showed up to his funeral. Well, you probably, I, I don't, okay. I blame your uncle on this. Do you really? I blame your uncle. Yeah. This happened eight years ago. Yeah. How long had your parents been married at that point? Uh, Ballpark. Well, they were married a total of 53 years. All right. So they'd been married 45 yeah. years yeah. at that point, which tells me that your uncle knew your fucking dad yeah. and what a maniac your dad yeah. was for 45 fucking years. Yeah, he was. Now you're going to fucking put Lou in an RV. You're going to make him drive in a fucking RV. And the only reason we're going to drive through nine fucking states in the border is to smoke a cigar. Yeah. Okay, so you're already fucking plum loco. Yeah. And now Lou gets up there because Lou's a, a wheeler and dealer moving and grooving. He's got business to do. Now you hold it against him. Like at what point you had him known at a certain yeah. point, like Jesus Christ, why don't you go? Why don't you drive across the border to take a piss on a maple tree? <laughs> I mean, holy shit. It's a fucking cigar. You didn't get a tattoo there. No, I kind of see your point. You know, it was in his nature to be that guy. That's always yes. always been that guy. Yes. yes, which made him who he is. Yes, everybody has those kind of traits. Yep. And because your dad was like, you know what? So I ain't gonna fucking sit there for two. Hours. Plus, you're the guy driving the RV. Be like, hey, you know what? Well, fuck Lou. I'm gonna go smoke this cigar. I'm gonna find the first place across the border. You're gonna want to go talk to people. Go fucking mosey up and down the street. You fucking pain in the ass. <laughs> Go to the coffee shop, right? Have a fucking cinnamon roll and get out of here. <laughs> That's what he should have done. But because you fucking caved, yeah, and now you're sitting there stewing, yeah, because you you feel like less of a man. He emasculated you in your own <laughs> RV in front of your own dog. In front of your dogs, yes. Plural. That's your, that's your fucking problem, not Lou's problem. That's why Lou got the card. Yeah, my mom, <laughs> my mom asked him. It said, "Okay, now that Lou's passed away, what was the fight about?" My dad never said a word either. It was one of those things that was between those two. I guarantee two. you, if you and I had the chance to talk to your dad, yeah. I, Dave, I will bet you fucking lunch for a month. Your dad didn't think there was anything wrong between the two of them. 
Yeah. Your uncle carried the grudge for eight years. Tell me I'm fucking wrong. Ask Lisa if I'm wrong. I bet your dad for the last eight years just probably thought, yeah, didn't what's think your twice uncle's about name? It. Yeah, Howard. Ah, fuck yeah, I haven't talked to Howard. Yeah. I haven't talked to him in a long time. I guarantee it had zero impact on Lou. That's why Lou was the fucking shit. Yeah, my dad was. Lou was the fucking sensei here. <laughs> Howard was fucking, uh, what's Napoleon's brother's name? K, 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 Kip. Kip, yes. Howard's Kip. <laughs> and fucking Lou wore the flag pants. He's Rex. Your fucking dad was the Rex shit. <laughs> your dad was Rex Guando. I think your dad, and if your dad, your dad may have been aware there was a problem, I guarantee it made zero impact on your dad. My dad was the king of this move, too. He'd always pull all the time. He'd, we'd make plans, and then he wouldn't go because, oh, my stomach hurts. Like, he just didn't want to go. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Pull the bullshit, my stomach hurts. Like, we had Thanksgiving dinner, didn't want to hang out with his family, so my mom would Probably have to just take just said about kids. my kid's birthday. I was yeah. like, I don't want to go to that shit. Yeah. I'll just take my kids out. <laughs> a movie. And so... We we had a, one of his close friends who was another guy I saw at the funeral as well, and yeah. he and he was a big Cleveland Browns fan. And the yes. closest football for us in Nashville was either the Atlanta Falcons or the Cincinnati Bengals. Five hour drive either way. Okay, yeah. so we would go to first time we did it. We saw Cleveland and we saw Cincinnati. Next year we're going to do the same thing. Well, it's the day of the game. My dad just goes, "Fuck it, I don't feel like driving ten hours yeah. in one day and sitting in, in, in fifteen degrees below zero in yeah. Cincinnati." And then working tomorrow. So I know my daddy said, fuck it, I'm not going. Did this last year. I don't need to do it again. Yeah. Man, this guy shows up and said he's a doctor with the biggest fucking thermometer you've ever seen in his life. I, I answered the door. I go, dad, it's for you. The guy walk, My dad walks up. I'm standing right there. I mean, I'm a kid. Yeah. Here's a thermometer. If you aren't feeling well, why don't you shove it up your ass as far as you can and tell me what your temperature is. And I Jesus. went, boy, this guy's pissed. You know? Yeah. And I know exactly what the move my dad pulled. He just pulled that. I don't want to fucking do it. Yeah. And that was that, that. That was, but again, another guy that showed up to the funeral. So you start wondering: you showing up because you liked him, or you showing up because you want to make sure he's not coming back? I'm gonna go ahead. I rarely. I think one of the things that's made this show last for 20 years is I've always been your biggest supporter. <laughs> that's good. Coach is a bigger supporter than you are. I think right now you're regretting the fact that I was not asked to speak at your dad's funeral. <laughs> Because here's how it would have gone, right? Yeah. Here. Let me just give you the first okay. example. Well, hello. Thank you, everybody, for coming out. Uh, I'm Jeff. Do the radio show with Dave. And while I only met Lou a, a handful of times, he made an impact on me because I enjoyed him a lot. And I liked the stories that I heard about Lou as a father. But, you know, it was funny last night as I got to meet some of the family. There was one story that uh, that stood out. And it was shared with me by Ruth. Ruth's brother Howard and Howard is I've I've been reflecting for the last 12 hours about this story in my limited knowledge of Lou I'm confident in telling you this Lou couldn't give less of a shit (laughs) that you're upset he couldn't give less of a shit that you missed out on your cigar he didn't care and if Lou God rest his soul was here right now he'd confirm it and I tell you what he wouldn't do either, Howard. I tell you, look at me. He would not get out of his chair and give me a slow clap. He'd get out of that chair and give me a hug. Listen, don't forget, we're going to be across the street, little reception afterwards. Uh, Lisa's made some world-famous deviled eggs. Thanks so much. The website's DaveAndJeffShow.com. Love you all. Luke Bryan sucks. See oh, son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. That'd be it. Yeah, as you said, world-famous deviled eggs. Speaking of, speaking of 
Speaking of that, your boy Ted Danson. I'm watching Curb Your Enthusiasm reruns right now. Oh, he's so great. What's the deal with him in the damn vodka commercial when he goes, hi, legend Ted Danson. He calls calls himself a legend right in the fucking commercial. So great. I didn't realize he was born in San Diego. Did you know that? I he came in and sat in with Leitner for like an hour really? one day. I have no idea what the fuck he was doing here. God, he was just was he good? He was great. That's cool. And Ted Ted was really good because Ted knew Cheers and all yeah. that shit. And Ted was that when uh, Ken Levine was part of the the broadcast? Group? Oh shit, maybe. You know what? That's a good okay. call, Dave. That would be about that time. Yeah, probably right around that time. That's cool. And I think Ken Levine made that happen for him. That's yeah. Cool. I think you're right. And. uh yeah, I think you're right. And Danson was just a dude. He just good had, to hear. yeah, had that charisma, that presence to him. Yeah, you know, spoke exactly. Hey, what's up? How are you? He's <laughs> like, hey, he's just cool. But he uh, just would casually kind of swing over in his chair, kind of look into our room when he was talking because our studio was right there, and he just he knew he owned the room. It was me, John Dean, and Ted. And you know, cool. he had three guys who were just into it. Yeah, he was just a really good dude. That's good to hear. I remember when Ted had uh, Henry Winkler on. He wasn't cool at all. He was. He said, "Told Ted, really couldn't ask any Happy Days questions." Oh fuck like, you! Did it sucked? Yeah, it was disappointing. Yeah, hey Henry, is it going to be Happy Days when I drive up to L.A. and beat your face in? <laughs> yeah, I'm about to beat your face in. Um, all right, here's a sports question for you. All right, let me okay. hear. Okay, so as as we're here, we are in 2018. It's uh, it's August 13th today. Towards the end of 2018, sports-wise, what are you mm-hmm. most looking forward to? Okay, mm. okay. So here, here are your choices: start of the NHL season, mm-hmm. start of the NBA season, mm-hmm. World Series, mm. baseball winter meetings, mm-hmm. NFL season, or college football season. Those six things right there. I'm going to throw at you. Adam, if you, if there's one thing that you're excited about as we go in towards the end of 2018, second half of 2018 sports calendar, what are you most excited about? I uh, off the board, uh, Connor Khabib. October oh, really? 6th. We'll probably break 2 million pay-per-view buys. R- keep in mind that when Connor threw the uh, the dolly at the bus, he was trying to get at Khabib. Yeah. Uh, these two guys have had a legitimate beef. I think it's fantastic, and that fight's going down October the 6th. Okay. That is great. That, for me, right now is the thing I'm most looking forward to. But I'm excited about everything. I'm excited about the Raiders this year. Because I, I do want Gruden to succeed. Uh, I have two teams, uh, the Vikes because of Kirk Cousins. Yes. But when I moved out here, I couldn't see Viking games, so I became a Raider fan. And now, I, I mean, I just I have split loyalty between those two. I'm excited for that. Um, college football, I just I did college football. And the thing is with college football, with all respect to the Aztecs and everybody else, I, I don't really have a horse in the race, man. I really don't. I mean, P.J. Flex trying to get the Gophers, but he, he annoys the shit out of Does me. Does he really? Yeah, he annoys the shit out of me. Um, I would have guessed you would have said uh, baseball winter meetings if you had to pick one. That's what one I would have guessed for I you. Lo- I love the winter meetings. I really do. I See, that's why like I, I've, I've enjoyed Twitter the last couple of days because everybody's freaking out that uh, Villanueva's taking ground balls at second and Myers at third and moving all these guys around. I, I just don't know that 85% of these guys will still be on the team in two years, yeah. right? I mean, we joke about it, so why not? I mean, at this point, the year is pretty much over, but I don't know how active. I don't see the pods being incredibly active at the winter meetings, and the pods are my team. I, I kind of feel like they're just 
biding their time and and waiting for Tatis and Urias and and Paddock and some of these other dudes, Mackenzie Gore, to get here. So in yeah, a couple of years ago, sure it would have been fun. I love winter meetings, but but for my team, I I, I don't I don't really see him. Although the Rule Five draft this year, if guys are exposed, are you going to lose somebody that you've been reading about? You know the name, you may not know the face. That would be a bit of a drag. Um, I think NBA this year is going to be outstanding. Yeah. And uh, and the NHL this year will be really good. You know, with Kovalchuk coming, coming to the Kings, and can Vegas keep it going? And, and the thing that's really, really exciting for me working with the NHL every day is how many young studs are coming up in this league. Yeah. And they're spread across the league, which is great. You have Clayton Keller in Arizona. You have Charlie McAvoy in Boston. You have Austin Matthews, Mitch Mar, uh, Mitch Marner, William Nylander in in Toronto. You got Connor McDavid and, and Leon Dreisaitl in Edmonton. Dave, these guys are all just fucking big time studs. And then you look at the guys, the the wave of talent that's going to come through the draft in nineteen and coming in in twenty. Like this year's draft was kind of light, but happens the same in the in the NFL. But but what you saw in Vegas is great, right? Mark Andre Fleury doing that, and and I think it's a great time to be an NHL fan. If you're an NHL fan, they got so many young superstars that are coming up in this league, then guys that are just studs. And then um, yeah, you got Canelo coming up against Triple G. Yeah, the weekend of my birthday. That's going to be a great fight. I mean, we've we've forgotten a little bit about that. So yeah, there's all kinds of. But I love the World Series. College, I mean, you and I were working. Yeah. I was working on a sports calendar today for this side project that you and I are doing. And you and I knocked out about 25% of it. And then I started going, filling in shit today. And shit, man, if you and I are going down the road as much as they say we're going down the road. A lot of cool shit a coming up. A lot of up. cool shit coming up. Daytona 500? Yeah. You go to that, right? Was, yeah. I've never seen seen it before. That'd yeah. be something that I've never experienced. It's uh, th- it's funny that I that we went in that direction. I, I would have I guessed wrong, just because I know you love hot stove talk. For me, I obviously, it would be college football if I had to sure. pick one. But it's funny. I asked my son, Josh, who is a college football player and still mm-hmm. has tons of friends on the Alabama team. I said, what are you looking forward to the most? He said, Laker basketball. Yeah. He said the NBA goes, I cannot wait to see LeBron. And it's funny with yeah. the Lakers, with LeBron, the Lakers have, you know, obviously 82 regular season games. 43 of those are nationally televised games already. Yeah. 43. I mean, it's, it's something else that what LeBron brings to the NBA and, and Vegas has him winning the MVP and the excitement factor. I know for your kids, they probably can't wait for the NBA to get started again. Uh, and as a fuck you to you, I've already claimed uh, stats for every night with Horton in L.A. So there I'm you good. Go. <laughs> have you claimed every night? Yeah, I claimed every one. Um, what, what does that come out? Is that five or six games? Like five. I don't have anywhere to be. I have no responsibilities. Oh, so I'll take that. Shit. Yeah. Bullshit. I'm Team Wolves. We're all in. <laughs> team um, Wolves. Oh, and, and I got a great message from Glenn Geffner, who is the voice of the Marlins, who was somebody else who listened to the shows that we did about um, you know suicide and depression yeah. and all those things. And it reminded me, uh, he pointed out Josh Lewin, who you and I love. Yeah. Josh Lewin is just one incredibly talented guy and one incredibly great guy. Josh has started a website. It's called OK Together. And it is Josh talking about his own dealings with anxiety and depression. Man, I admire everybody who has the courage to talk about it. I think it's amazing. I think it's so helpful to so many people. 
And especially if you're somebody like Josh, who was on a big stage as the voice of the Mets, the voice of UCLA, he should still be the radio voice of the Chargers, in my opinion. He should. He's the best to ever do it, and I love Ted like a family member. I think Lewin's the best to have ever done it. And uh, and I, I pointed out today, I saw Josh tweet something, and I retweeted it, and I said it. And it was so great because I haven't talked to him. You and I haven't talked to him in at least two years. Yeah. And he just sent me one line. He said, J.D., great hearing from you. We'll reconnect. I'll be in San Diego shortly. And when he gets here, um, he has an open invite to come down. And I hope he will come down and share his story because it, it affects, it impacts everybody. And when you look at him, who has hit the highest of the highs, he was national guy for Fox. He's been the voice of the Cubs, the Rangers, the Tigers, right? Now the Mets. Yep. Uh, he did Chargers. He's done NHL. He's incredible. UCLA. And it, it impacts him, and he's incredibly candid. And when you go to his site, OK Together, um, he has gathered stories from others, including uh, LaDonna, who shared her story. Fantastic. And they're all just incredibly uh, impactful when you read yep. them. And they're all people, some you may know better than others, but um, but it's just great. And, and I think that's awesome. The other thing that I wanted to say, Dave, and then it's pretty much I think it's it for me. Um, our friend Katie Mosier, who I've talked a lot about the last couple of weeks in, in our ability to reconnect, a lot of you did something really nice for us, for me and Dave, and that's reached out to Katie and say, hey, Katie, you matter, and we're thinking about you and everything else. And she just reached out and said, man, this is really cool. Good. This is really cool. And she's on Twitter at I am Katie Mo, and she's having such a good time that um, this weekend, I hope you'll come out and join us. On Sunday, I will be one of the judges at the uh, Turf and Surf. I believe I think I've got that right. The barbecue event coming up at Del Mar this weekend. Uh, Sean Walchef and Kelly Comfort and a bunch of people. Craig Dato at Del Mar, they're putting it on. Uh, Jim Trotter will be judging. I'll be judging. Cap will be judging. Yeah. Um, who else is coming out? Like a bunch of other people are going to be out there judging. It's going to be an incredible event. It's going on this Sunday morning at Del Mar. If you go to dmtc.com, use the promo code RIBS5. It'll take five bucks off. <clears throat> but they're doing tri-tip. They're doing brisket. I'm judging tri-tip, which I'm thrilled I about. I was supposed to go. I'm really sad I'm not going. But crap beers are going to be out there. It's really going to be a fun thing. And uh, and today, Katie said, hey, uh, can I ride shotgun with you? Cool. I go, yeah, ride shotgun and come on out. And she's just going to come chill. But but um, <clears throat> like I said, she was our intern. And Dave and I just think the world we of do. her. And you guys, because I told her that's really the thing that I appreciate the most about this show is how you guys come together to support everybody. Whether it's a fellow audience member, whether it's Dave, whether it's been me, or or it's somebody um, that's had a big impact on our life like Katie. And I just uh, am incredibly humbled by how nice this audience is to others. But she's on Twitter at I am Katie Mo. But for Sean and everybody involved, it's going to be a really, really fun day. We're going to be out there just hanging out. So go to dmtc.com. All the information is there. 
Use the promo code RIBS5. It'll save you five bucks. I think that takes it down to like 35 bucks. So it'll get you in the door. But man, they're going to feed you like crazy. It gives you five, five ounce um, craft beer. So, I mean, shit, Perfect. you get 25 ounces of San Diego's best craft beers. And just going to be a blast. And we look forward to seeing everybody at Del Mar on Sunday. Jim Trotter. Did yeah, I say you did Jim? say Jim. Okay, so Jim will be out there and uh, and everything else. I don't have any information on the Fantasy Football League. Just because Lisa Ann is traveling, she does radio um, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and then tomorrow night she's got a comedy event in L.A. Then I think she's in Boston this weekend or she's going somewhere this weekend. And look... Dave and I knew it would be fun to do a league, but I know that's the draw for everybody is if we could get her in and have her be a part of it. So we're trying to get that figured out if she can, if she can't. She's already said that she's in for next year's event. She Perfect. said it today on Twitter, which would be cool. And uh, I appreciate everybody who was great today and said, hey, yeah, there was a mix-up at the end. I already told Billy today, next year for the silent auction, I know what I don't know. We're going to hire somebody and bring them in. Uh, Let you I mean, enjoy the evening. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We'll have somebody come in that'll organize the whole thing. But you guys have all been great. I appreciate that. But um, but most importantly, yeah, if you can come out Sunday and be a part of it, we'd love to see you. Scott will be, like I said, Scott will be there. Trotter will be there. I'll be there. Katie will be there. A bunch of other fun people will be out there judging. I, why do I feel like Bert's coming? Did you hear Bert's name? Is Bert Grossman part you, of it? You, he probably is. I've not heard Bert's name. We got to get Bert in here because Bert, Fuck, Bert keeps saying, "When am I coming on?" And we go, "Yeah, we got to get Bert on." Uh, I love Bert. Oh, I know. That's the final thing. Sunday night out in here, Chris Merrill. Chris, is that right? Yeah, Chris okay. Merrill. This Sunday night will be our guest in the garage, and just it'll be like we've always said. Uh, some of them you knew immediately were going to be great, like Darren. Some of you didn't quite understand Sam coming in afterwards. You said, "God damn, that show was great." Chris Merrill on on talk radio and the science of talk radio i just i can't wait i think it's going to be outstanding perfect all that's right that's all i got we'll be back sunday night thanks everybody appreciate it When I